must uns. You must uns. Yeah. You must feel it within yourself when you don't feel it, and you must uns. You must uns. That's See, I'm not much of an unser. Or whatever it yeah. is you goth kids do. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. Been to the goth club. It is very similar. A lot mm-hmm. of uns. Yeah, it's more like sad boy unsing. It's like uns, uns, uns. Spooky boy unsing. <laughs> oh, spooky sad boy unsing at the goth club. Well, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris, and uh, this is going to be a weird one. This is the sad boy goth club. This actually, yeah, this sure. is. I, I feel like oons, I, I oons, am everybody. the sad boy in the goth club because <laughs> Heather and Caitlin aren't here. Oh yeah, it's been hey, it's been a shitty two months. You know, yeah. the year is is not even not even closed yet. What's up, twenty twenty two? Yeah. Uh, now get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Heather lost her voice, like heard her doctor on the phone for what she could and it was like yeah you do yep 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 she's sitting this one out because <laughs> she's grandpa yep and kate's making some transitions so um yeah so i'm joined by emily siebold our what's up our continually returning guest i just you can't quit me <laughs> you can't, can't quit, quit me. you that's right i learned it from you oh wrong wrong thing <laughs> Yes, here I am again, once more, to awkwardly talk your ear off about <laughs> human stuff. Go on, Chris. Yeah, you're actually you're the you're the passenger in this, oh, yeah. in this vehicle today. I'm the passenger. And uh, and just <laughs> in case anybody forgot, <laughs> we are actually doing a new podcast together called Sharp Rocks and Dead Things, a Anthro 101 podcast. So. Uh, we'll definitely let you know when that launches, but you can listen to our first episode on Under the Pendulum. You can, um, and you'll be able to listen to the second episode on Under the Pendulum soon, yep. and then everything else will be rolling, and we'll tell you where to go next. Yep, and we're going to put a couple in the pipeline, and then we'll actually do a launch. Um, so yeah, just yeah, if you're interested in anything, archaeology, history, anthropology, um, it's a really it'll be a, a cool one. Yeah, we're going to go from basics to... All the way to bladelets. But we're on under the pendulum right now. This is not my show. <laughs> Where am I? Where have you brought me? We mean, when are you? No, we're no. not doing that. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, so this is uh, going to be a pretty short episode. It's actually something that I, I did a presentation on quite a few years ago. Um, but so I just kind of pulled it up, dusted it off. And yeah, I'm just going to basically present to you. I wish you guys could see the slides because I had a whole slide. So maybe I'll say PowerPoint. Yeah. When I do a slide transition. You can put them up on something. And that's what we call PowerPoint. (laughs) That's right. So yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about... Oh, for Gen Z, that's Google Slides. Google Slides. Yes. Oh, I see. Because I'm I'm with them though. Fuck Microsoft. Did they take did they take PowerPoint out back and quietly shoot it in the head? No, I wish like kind 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 of wish that uh, they would because Microsoft is ridiculous. But you can hear me rant about Microsoft on my own show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like today we'll be just kind of talking about werewolves in the Middle Ages and Renaissance. 
You did this for a class? Yeah, it was a um, myth and lit. So uh, it was like kind of a presentation at the end to like what's something in popular culture or that's been really ingrained in popular culture that has like mythic roots or how does mythology like polytheistic mythology, you know, factor into how modern, you know, how, how people use it today in like pop culture and movies and books and. I feel like there's a joke about an English degree in there, but I'm going to hold on. <laughs> Yeah, so I so I did werewolves because I just um, I I don't know I just I just thought it was really interesting yeah. you know and it's like lycanthropy like it, that's where the person thinks that they're a werewolf yeah yeah exactly yeah and then yeah. there's like kind of Greek roots in the name um, or uh, yeah you, or you know it's like yeah I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute um, I actually didn't write that down but it's a cool thing it's a cool nice. Greek Greek myth improvisation. Like, in history yeah. here on Under the Pendulum Podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm I'm in front of the class. Oh, God, Jesus Christ, fucking assholes. Uh. <laughs> oh, I think you're allowed to curse the high school students now. I don't know. It seems seems like a like an anything goes type of scenarios. You know I what I'm saying? I will sue you. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Sorry, we have a tea friend who tried out teaching in the public school system and one of the students threatened to sue him and we all got a good chuckle out of it anyway go on (laughs) all over a chair over the movement of a chair yeah kids got no respect these days oh who knows i mean uh, yeah our friend is uh very mild let's put it that way so (laughs) i can't really see him uh making this happen on his own (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know what this is not even worth it you you sweet sweet boof yes you sweet man (laughs) so yeah okay i guess are you ready to talk about some werewolves i'm ready i mean (laughs) ow or whatever so the Middle Ages and into the 18th century was a period of European history, and we're going to be talking mostly about Europe. Okay, um, so when does the Middle Ages start? So when we think of the Middle Ages, we normally think it's, you, you would say it starts when the Western Roman Empire collapses. Um, but we're, 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 you know, like the whole framework of the of the empire just, just kind of falls in on itself. So when um, is that, roughly? Chronology. Usually around the 5th century around you know like 5th century AD yeah mm-hmm. so All right. so usually I'm like in there. So, I'm in my brain yeah so it. like 5th into the 6th century somewhere around there I mean there's there's you know it, it's you know you can't say it all collapsed in one day it's it's you know it's hard to kind of quantify but uh, you know it's somewhere in those in those regions is where we see like that whole political wasn't built Economic in a day, it didn't system. fall in a day. No, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. So, but then we usually think, you know, the Middle Ages go into the 1500s, you know, when you start getting into like the early, you know, like the Renaissance. So if this gives us any insight on today, we'll just be crumbling for hundreds of years before anybody actually It, it ups and flows. It's, it's like a wave. <laughs> Sorry. We cut that out later, right? <laughs> go on. Go on. Yeah. So that, but that's kind of when we usually think. So when, you know. We get into like the 1700s. That's sort of like early modern age, because Renaissance is like usually 14, 1500s, eh, maybe into the 1600s. But you know, so we'll be, we'll be kind of talking about from early Middle Ages to later. Uh, All right, you know, go on mid Renaissance. Yep. 
That was probably a lot longer explanation than it needed to be. It's okay, we can cut that out. <laughs> we can cut it down. <laughs> cut your fucking voice up. Cut your words up. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so this period of European history is one where superstition, fear, and lack of knowledge uh, held people in the grips of their own fantastical nightmares. So not only was the world filled with unknown and terrifying things, in a world where Christianity rules, Satan and his demons were out to prey on the mortal souls of humanity. So Oof, I feel like I'm at church again. <laughs> you said us listen, witches, demons. Okay, all right. So uh, witches, demons, vampires, spirits, and strange creatures prevailed not only in the imaginations of the medieval peoples, but were often seen as very real causes of their hardships. So it's you know you could blame it on Satan or or like God's mad. Or what was what was that one that one doctor said? Demons that have sex with her in her dreams. That's how you get COVID. Anyway, it's. Uh, it's really tental- tentacling to, out right now. title a couple months ago. That's what came out. Sorry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Seems like a weird romance novel. It probably exists. Nice. I'll look at Amazon for it for <laughs> you later. So uh, one of the most feared creatures that has persisted through the ages and still roams the darkest parts of our modern imaginations is the werewolf. So through the Middle Ages, technically, you know. Not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So I'll kind of like use medieval broadly here. Um, I'll try to reference that it's the Renaissance, but you know, it's, it's going to be kind of in that wheel. Well, that we talked about medieval, a time period, also a verb going on someone's ass and a feel and a feel. Yeah. You could feel medieval. You could go medieval. You could smell the shit. You could smell medieval. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We've been to the Ren Fair. You can smell medieval. It's a thing. (laughs) So, uh, you know, because we know so much about, like, you know, biology and and animal biology, um, creatures that we understand today, such as the wolf, back then were seen as, like, supernatural beings. And it's, you know, sort of that, like, how magic and spirits and like nature were all kind of intertwined during yeah. this time. I also imagine if you ever made eye contact with a real wolf you probably felt like it was Chichapans, something yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with that in mind you know fear can influence the mind and turn the shadows mm-hmm. of the night into real monsters. Yeah. And also one's perception on the world around them can influence how they perceive you know what they don't really understand. Oh of course yeah. Yep. So that's going to be where a lot of these, you know, fears and, and superstitions are going to come from. Basic human stuff there. <laughs> we all do it. Yep. We all love slash hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so wolves were hated and feared throughout Europe. They were terrifying predators that were dangerous to people and their livelihoods. Uh, the medieval world was a scary enough place, having come back from the plague that wiped out almost two-thirds of the population in the... 13, 1400s, and then would kind of happen periodically until, Let's you know, like basically, I think, plague. till like the 18th, 19th century. Let's give the plague a hand. <laughs> no, too soon. No, I'm sorry. I apologize. Don't be a plague hater. Hey, it also 
led to the shuffling of wealth in Europe and a new stronger middle class with lands and titles, but you know. And sweet, sweet art. Sweet art, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we at Under the Pendulum Podcast are not a pro-plague podcast. <laughs> so the third of these... Brought to you by Pro-Plague America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, so the threat of these vicious predators of the night and the mentality that the natural world and supernatural world were just one one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, this led many to see the darkest and most heinous acts of humans personified in these creatures. So it's almost like a figure that's sort of an extension of like human evil. You know, it's like sort of those how we will sometimes talk about people as being predators or you know like or yeah so it was a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah yeah so you so you have that sort of like tying animal you know characteristics to like human behaviors or or like morality that's true Mm -hmm. we do we take a lot of traits from the wolf and try to anthropomorphize anthropomorphize them like uh you know there was the whole alpha male thing Mm -hmm. still pervasive today yep barely applies to wolves definitely doesn't apply to humans here we are (laughs) Still talking about it. <laughs> Still think we're Still bold. memeing about it. <laughs> <laughs> so humans always want to find an explanation or reason for things they don't understand. So when a wolf attacked someone, it must have been for a human purpose. So you know, so it's 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 thinking of animals like people or 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 trying to you know, or trying to like put oh, our yeah. put our humanity on projected onto yeah. other beings projected humanity mm-hmm. and morality yeah. onto it's the like, animal. That wolf must have hated Fred. Yeah. This is like, no, it just it couldn't be that that the wolf was hungry and desperate and it's the he hates these cans argument. <laughs> he hates these cans. <laughs> he hates these villagers. <laughs> no, he's not just starving because the villagers pushed him out of his home and yeah, that's forest. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't it. Wasn't it at all. So wolf attacks in those centuries were prevalent throughout Europe and they left thousands dead, which led to mass hunting com- campaigns later on yeah. and kind of periodically through time. Yep. Happened in, in the Americas too. Yep. Well, North America. I don't know if there are wolves in South America, but now I want to know. Uh, it's like some, probably some, you know, they have those, um, probably some sort of dog. I mean, equivalent to a wolf, right? I assume, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I mean, not, not like probably... We'll get back to you on that, Yeah, everybody. yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to speculate. <laughs> I just, just don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dogs, are they? Aren't they? Wolves, <laughs> are they? Aren't they? So, like, there's a there's a few early mentions of werewolves or, or, or lycanthropy in ancient Greek texts. Uh, the one that comes to mind that I didn't write down, but I think I remember fairly well... Um, there was a king called Lycan, I believe, and mm-hmm. he tricked Zeus into eating his own son. So Lycan's son. So Lycan killed his son and then pre- prepared Zeus a prepared a feast eating. and then invited Zeus. The he's dumb like, child. <laughs> well, he's like, you know, hey, come on down. Like, I threw this big feast for you, and we're gonna hang and out. And then he's and like, like why? How did I eat my child? Well, he was like, "You're you're a fucking bastard for killing your own son and then you know feeding it to me, trying to feed it to me." Because Zeus knew right away what hap- what he did, um, and then so that goes against the rules of hospitality. So like, when you read a lot about like, yeah, it's it's, it's it was such an in- the law not laws, I guess just like the 
don't know what you'd call it. Um, I think going against the rules of hospitality is a good mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah. Uh, what I immediately thought of was uh, in other places in the world, um, and this is kind of all over the world in case you didn't know, um, humans domesticated dogs a very long time ago. Uh, they were, as far as we know, the first domesticate. And yes, we did eat them and we have eaten them for a very long time. And you would think it wouldn't taste good. You know, we don't generally eat other carnivores. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't generally taste good. But dogs come up a lot also as sacrificial items because you also love yep. your dogs and they're very important. And it's not a sacrifice if it's not important. Um, and one, one story I think of... Um, and I don't mean to misspeak, but I I believe it was a Lakota story about offering up um, a puppy as as food um, to greet like really important guests, and it was you know it was considered like you know this is how important this meeting is to me that I would sacrifice you know one of my dogs whom I love for this for this thing sure uh so it's like a very very important thing um but i immediately think of of that as like um cultural like cultures rubbing up against each other in a way that makes them be like okay so if you're the type of people who offer dogs as food and they're like you participate in that kind of sacrifice well that's like shame on you from our culture we would never do that you know what i mean okay so like just just thinking about it in terms of like what it might mean on the ground as as i don't know, like cultural propaganda i guess sure it's a i mean it's like a, the story what does it purvey yeah i mean if you're gonna have a cultural work you need to have like social contracts right so yeah. hospitality between not only between like people but um you know between maybe nation states maybe between you know other countries so that hospitality is really important to try to like keep those connections strong yeah so like in in you meant you, you see it a lot in homer and other ancient greek texts but they talk about like anybody who breaks those social contracts or those rules of hospitality it pisses off the gods yeah super bad like yeah. they get super <laughs> fucking pissed and um so that's what this guy did uh king lycan yeah he you know he he not only killed his own son, which is a blood crime, which is super bad in, in Greek. You'll have the theories after you if you commit a blood crime. And that's just cool because they just follow you and, like, poke you and, like, fucking, like, tear at you and shit. And they're just... So it's, like, three, what I assume would be, like, Greek aunties. Well, we, w- we won't get into that. Now we're getting in the weeds. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other discussion that actually might be a good episode sometime. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, so, you know, he breaks those rules, um, tries to feed Zeus um, his own son, Lycan's son, which he killed, blood crime. Um, so he, like, fucked up twice, super bad. Um, so Zeus basically turns him into a wolf, because he was no better than some sort of creature that's just looking to hunt and kill, no matter what. So that's where we get those that first kind of... One of the first known mm. writings about a, a man being turned into a wolf. That, that, that metamorphosis. Which is so prevalent in Greek myth. But Interesting. I want to know more about the myth. Is it, uh, yeah, it seems like, a, you know, a tale cautioning against the kind of ritual that, that I described. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, you see the same thing in, 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 in like 
the Bible and, yeah, and sure. stuff like the the foods you're not supposed to yeah, eat I are mean, largely it's, foods it, it's a that common, are eaten by opposing yeah, it's, your it's enemies. A, <laughs> it, it's it's a common thing that we see in the ancient world. Yeah, it's usually like reflected in the literature. Mm-hmm. So, like we don't eat that. Only you know such and such people's eat that <laughs> but everybody does it everybody has a thing they won't eat yeah yeah exactly um yeah so i guess that's kind of the first mention that we get a werewolf so now we'll just kind of jump ahead in time a little bit uh so let's look at the oh clock <laughs> Werewolves of podcast so let's look at a documented case of wolf attacks in france and their supernatural connotations when usually when you look up like old werewolf stuff, this is a story that comes up pretty often. It's a pretty famous one. Okay. Um, it you was, might know it. And yeah, so it's see. called the Beast of Givadon. 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 I think Givadon. Givadon. I don't know. I'm not not great at French. No français. See, you know, I have a bad habit of Chris. You should look up the pronunciations before you do the episode. And sometimes I'm good about it. And this time I wasn't good about it. Yeah, it's it's really hard to find good pronunciation sometimes too. Mm-hmm. I uh, think I want to get us a phonetic chart to do these things, but you know you skip over every language. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sit there for hours going uh uh yeah. uh, uh, in, uh in the back of, <laughs> on the palate in the uh, the back of the palate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if I can find it, I will try to say it right. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. some of us. I do. I, I do. I do make a, an effort. So anyway, in the 18th century, in the town of Gévaudan in France, there were a long string of brutal murders, and not by the hands of a human, but as the story goes, a singular large wolf. So between 1764 and 1767, there were said to have been over 200 attacks and over 100 deaths. So just killing people all over the place. Would you say he was wolfing them down? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> totally good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the attacks got so out of hand that it caught the attention of Louis XV, who sent two professional wolf hunters to deal with the beast. This would also be followed by bands of locals joining the hunt. So everybody's trying to find it. It, it kind of gets to a head point. Gets up to the king. Mobbing. People are being like, hey, a lot of people are dying over here, king. What are you going to do about it? You know, pitchforks. Mm-hmm. Mobbing. <laughs> it, it wasn't just that it was a large wolf. There had been a lot of weird reports around the wolf. So eyewitness accounts reported that the beast had supernatural powers, that it could walk on its hind feet, kind of like bipedally. It, its hide could repel bullets. And it could shoot fire from its eyes and had amazing leaping abilities and that it came back from the dead more than once. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So these hunting parties did produce dead wolves. Like, they did kill some wolves. Oh, I thought you were about to tell me it was ergot poisoning again. Oh, I know. It just seems like you're looking at old-timey Europe shit, everybody... Everybody's bugging. Everybody got belligerent on ergot. (laughs) I, I don't think they purposely did. No, but they still were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like they're like, it was it was the size of the castle. <laughs> Shot fire from his eyes. <laughs> and he had a cool thing called an electric guitar. But please, I'm a big fat wolf. He's wearing really cool sunglasses, man. <laughs> 
so um yeah like i said so they were killing wolves and every time the people thought it was finally over every time they killed like a big wolf um and then they got kind of into this false sense of of ease and then another attack happened so they yeah so just so they kill a bunch of wolves trying to get this one wolf. wait that's the end of the story they just kill no, a bunch of wolves no no it's it? not that at the end of the story oh okay <laughs> I was like that is so fucking sad <laughs> So the the death of the beast was finally credited to Jean Chatel, Chastel, who shot the beast with a bullet made of blessed silver. <laughs> so when the beast was cut open, it was said to contain human remains. Oh. Mm-hmm. Although this might not be considered a werewolf to our modern sensibilities, it does show the belief that nature and the supernatural were tied, that monstrous creatures could have supernatural abilities. Okay, so it was an actual wolf. So it was an actual wolf. It that was... had eaten people? Yes, so it had attacked and supposedly eaten people. I mean, these are just reports that we're getting, right? We don't know like, what's okay, true Okay, it's not, not the story I thought it was. Which one were you thinking? Uh, involved some rich Frenchman's escaped hyena. No, Did that this, come up in your thing. Uh, I I think I did write across that one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a short story, but basically, French rich French guy's hyena got loose from his private menagerie, <laughs> and everybody thought it was a werewolf because they had never seen a hyena before. And if you've heard a hyena laugh. Yeah, that it's, is it's freaky awful no i get it it's yeah. so terrible no i think i think this story is interesting because <laughs> it kind of illustrates the like the supernatural aspect of of wolves right it's it's and what we think of like a werewolf it yeah you know, werewolf is is inherently supernatural they're they're uh, they're definitely a presence you know you I would think wherever you are in the world, if a wolf exists, it has some kind of spiritual connotation to it Mm -hmm. just because of the presence of that kind of being, you know, like it's very powerful. It could eat you. It might not, but it could. Yeah. And you could do, you know, fuck all to stop it. (laughs) It's like it's to just to just be around a wolf and, you know, live, I would say, is probably a spiritual experience, especially in ancient times. Wolves were bigger back then. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) farther back you go bigger they were yeah i mean one of the big theories about this is probably it was just a large pack of wolves and then they killed all the wolves so the attacks stopped and they just thought like well we got the right one finally i think that i think you're supposed to say oh bless their heart or something like that these (laughs) times yeah, there. and I guess that's the thing with this story, right? It, it's it's the same kind of fear that a werewolf would get would garner because it's it's an animal that's supernatural, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that same fear tied to the wolf. I wonder if yeah. people are about to get extremely afraid of deer because of all of the trending skinwalker stuff on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I, guess, I mean, I guess a, I guess you could say a werewolf is a kind of. I think you could right? scare some weirdos into thinking that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there is there is a tie uh, with witches and werewolves um, yeah. in Europe as well. So I mean, you could kind of. I mean, it's sort of similar to a. Uh, also, I mean, weirdos in a loving way. And, <laughs> and we is also weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It is kind of. It's kind of like that. I wonder how many you know. How many stories are all about the same things all around the world? Human experience is yeah. somewhat narrow in a lot of aspects. Sure. That's why I think, you know, Bigfoot 
like Bigfoot exists around the world, sort of dragons and vampires, and you know, something to be said there for the the human experience. Yeah, werewolves too. Wolves are scary enough. <laughs> and then you're just like, wait, no, there's more. <laughs> it's also possessed. Yeah, this is like um, also reminds me of stories that you use to like teach children about danger, like old fairy stories. Like the fairies of water are often about how to keep children from drowning. Sure. And, you know, it's like you get down too close to the water's edge, you fall in, you drown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we have swimming courses at the YMCA in medieval Europe. So it's just it's just that, that way to teach them to not yeah. do that until they're old enough to make those decisions themselves. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the, the water fairy will pull you in sure. and, and stuff. La Llorona and another sort of mm-hmm. water-dwelling water hags, wa- which yeah. are sort of like variations on the hag. Um, yeah, no, we, yeah, like we, we've talked about this in past episodes on Under the Pendulum, you know, like sort of that, the folklore and, and cautionary tales that go with yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a way to teach something. It's mm-hmm. a, you know. Yeah. You're supposed to think it's real maybe when you're a kid. <laughs> and then it gets out of hand. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to realize when you're an adult, that's a metaphor. It's a freaking metaphor. <laughs> like we're about to talk about right now. So let's talk about some werewolf traits nice and tests segue. and transformations. Oh, yep. This is this professional motherfucker See, we're, we're getting in the weeds and I got to reel us back in. I'd go on forever. That's why I'm here. Anyway. So it's said in East European folklore that werewolves bear telltale physical traits, even in their human form. Because, like, what? They're, they're sexy? Nope. So these could sometimes be... Like, Misled by the media! <laughs> so, like, a unibrow, you know, where both eyebrows be in the middle. Sometimes some people would say that might be a sign. Um, if they had really yes. curved, long fingernails, that could be None one. None of these things are sexy. Getting if, less sexy If their ears are set too low on their head, that could be one. What? Yep. And it's also like having a a weird, like kind of gait, like, like to their walk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That could that could be an indicator that someone might be a werewolf. So far, I feel like these are just really mean. <laughs> this just seems like bullying. <laughs> yeah, and then they get real real mean with it. You know, like one way to test that a human was a werewolf is to cut the flesh of of them. You know, cut their flesh. And it was sort of like under the pretense that fur would be underneath the skin. So like you could cuddle a little bit up and then there'd be fur and then be like, aha, you are. So their idea of werewolves were like literally werewolf transformers. They're just like different components that flash out whenever he needs to like. I, I think it's like you break out of your human skin. I mean, like, just, maybe that's the thought. I, I I didn't actually read on like how they thought it happened. Because like it's underneath you, but then where does your human skin go? See, then they then it just grows back. The human yeah. skin mm-hmm. back in. Yep. It's just all like, of these it's are like gross, weird, but still. Yeah, weird Russian doll kind of thing going on. <laughs> it's like a man, and then a werewolf, and then a little <laughs> tiny man, and then a little tiny werewolf. Okay. So you know, but it's also like. How the werewolf could look changes from region to region, just like any sort of folklore. Yeah. It's, you know, it has its own local flavors. Of course. So the Swedish believe that a werewolf could be distinguished from a regular wolf, um, that, you know, werewolves would run on three legs, lifting up its fourth leg up behind it to give it the illusion of a tail. Um, and I think this is because, like, when witches or, or you know, like, humans, like, kind of transfigure into something, they don't have tails. 
Why don't they have tails? Um, I mean, it's because humans don't have tails. Um, uh, not not really. Sh- reminds me of the hyena sure again, though, because hmm? they have that little nubby tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, could have been, could have been some supernatural talk around mm-hmm. around it. Oh god, yeah, that would be creepy in the middle of the night. You just hear like the. Oh god. Like I wanted in this in Africa, but that's not going to be a place that we just go camping, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you saw a wolf that didn't have a tail, that's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Really? He wasn't just like clipped by his parents for aesthetics. Yeah, and also the bipedalism that that was that was always seen as an indicator. So if they like saw some dog or Weird, something yeah. walking walking on its hind legs, like sometimes dogs are sometimes do, especially if like they're missing limbs. Yeah, I don't actually know a lot about Skinwalker legends, but that that that's one I think that factors yeah, into Skinwalkers. Yeah, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you might be asking, hey, Chris, how does one become a werewolf? You know, I was just about to ask that. It's getting real expensive to live in Denver, and I needed my eyes on other things. <laughs> got werewolf prospects, you know? I got, you got to have prospects everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there are many ways for one to become a werewolf. Um, So here's just a couple examples. One of the more widely known methods at the time was to wear a belt or girdle made of wolf skin. So you could, like, put that on, attach it, and that would sort of give you the power to transform. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I wonder if it has uh, some roots in shamanistic religion, too, because, you know, you'd often wear things that belong to the animal that you would like to channel. Actually, I think that's another skinwalker thing, right? Where, like, sometimes in some, some lore they wear some sort of fur or skin. And then transform. It makes you think back to that wolf's and wolf and sheep's clothing mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. You know where do these old stories come from? <laughs> <laughs> People just love to wear skin. I mean, we did. We we hella wore some skin Hell back yeah. in the day. People skin, wolf skin, bear skin. Oh. Did I say? Did you say people skin? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, go back. <laughs> Man, I told you not to talk about that. Podcast, <laughs> you're gonna get us caught. So, like, uh, th- this skin thing, though, that- that'll come up again with the story of Peter Stoob, which we'll be telling in a little bit. Ooh. So, donning this belt or garment would give the wearer magical powers to transfigure. In Italy, France, and Germany, it was said that a man or woman could turn into a werewolf if he or she, on a certain Wednesday or Friday, slept outside during a full moon, with the moonlight mm. bathing their face. Okay, so mm. it's not, like, compulsive. No, no, and I think that's kind of like where we get the idea of lunatic. Ah, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's back into sort of the a, etymology. A, a moon madness. You, yeah. yeah, I guess that's like a, one way you could roughly. Interesting. Yeah. Do go on, sir. <laughs> so witches are said to be able to transform into various animals and sometimes a wolf. So, you know, what we would normally think of as two different supernatural entities could sometimes wrapped up into one. And so you could actually be executed for, I think it was called like werewolvery or like, <laughs> anth- you know, or, or like anthropy, basically. Well, yeah, werewolvery. <laughs> so when people were accused of lycanthropy, it would often be tied to witchcraft and a pact with Satan. And so it's always going to go back oh, to the, the evil, the evil spirits. It's always got to go back to Satan. I know. It was a little cool. It was a little more pagan. You know what I mean? It was a little more, it was a little more magical. I know, like, Satan didn't invent everything, okay? 
There are plenty of other dark forces happening all around the world. Mm-hmm. Satan doesn't get to come in here with his red ass and red wash everything. Go on, sir. I mean, leave, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Jeez, he's he's had enough. He's had enough bad talk. I think he's pretty much been a very beloved figure since his inception. <laughs> So uh, I think we are all familiar with the real world ramifications of the witch panic, um, witch trials, and it's even made our way into the new world, you know, when we think of Salem. Mm -hmm. So for the kind of old old world superstitions being brought over. This is a thing that humans do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like like a crazy sham trial type of situation where we get out all our fears on some very... Like selectable people, if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. Like that's just always happened. Sure, that'll happen again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably sooner than you think. Yep. So during the 16th century, the witch trials and hunts left hundreds, probably thousands, dead and executed by their neighbors and communities. So accusing someone of being a witch or a werewolf would often be the result of someone exhibiting some eccentric qualities, maybe committing heinous crimes, or if the accuser wanted to get rid of someone whom they didn't like. Mm -hmm. So in Finno-Scandinavian lore, werewolves were said to be old women who possessed poison-coated claws and had the ability to paralyze cattle and children with their gaze and sometimes feast upon them after. Nice. Yeah, that's a cool one. I wonder if that was to, like, get the granny, like, make everybody give the grannies respect, or if it was, like, to overthrow the grannies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, like <laughs> definitely with, like, um, Eastern, Eastern, Western Europe, um, you definitely get a lot of the use of the old hag in, in folklore and fairy tales, and, and you, see, you, you just see it mentioned a lot. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be weird that they would somehow figure the hag into werewolf or or make her into some sort of werewolf makes sense yeah becoming a werewolf could also be a curse though um a sort of divine punishment so religion plays a huge role in accusations of lycanthropy straying away from the catholic church or being excommunicated could leave one vulnerable to becoming a werewolf a likely story Mm mm-hmm so you just, just didn't you didn't go to church a couple times and yeah. all of a sudden yeah. just like how if you violate the ancient Greek hospitality laws with your mm-hmm. with sure dog eating ways yeah you're not abiding by the by those social mores or by mm-hmm. like what like if you're going to be part of this culture you you need to do this mm-hmm. so medieval people were terrified of being attacked by werewolves but they were also afraid of being changed into one. Plague, not even on the radar. Nope. (laughs) We got bigger problems. Werewolf (laughs) plague. Werewolf problems. (laughs) And for a very religious population who feared for their souls and salvation, being turned into a godless beast would damn them for eternity. Okay, so yeah, that's high stakes. It's pretty high stakes. Yeah, high stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Might kill some people just to be safe. (laughs) I can see how in that day and age that keep the people in line. Yep. In parts of Germany, France, and Poland, people who died in sin were thought to come back as wolves and would wander around cemeteries and feast upon the flesh of the dead. Which is actually also, I think, Damn. a thing in Egyptian um, religious belief. Is like I think the um, the dogs. Yeah, dogs. Uh, they're they're found in cemeteries. Wild like, dogs or jackals. 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 Yep. 
Yeah, I would imagine so because uh, you know they followed us around for probably like a hundred thousand years, just yeah. scavenging off our dead and <laughs> left behind. Yeah, I mean, like in reality, they're just like wolves or dogs looking for something to eat. Mm-hmm. But you know, but that that seems so. Again, it's us putting like our human, our humanity, projecting it onto something else mm-hmm. and being like. God, that's fucking evil. That's horrible. They're, you know, they're, they're our, our ancestors or our people, loved ones, and they're yeah. just mauling them. I like to think back to, like to try to think back to a time when we were less modern and maybe thought more like animals. I think that might make some of that, some of those old stories make more sense to me. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. But yeah, it is the world. Yeah. That's what that is. What follows you around in the ancient world is dogs yeah. eating dogs and wolves and whatever, eating you dead, <laughs> just just nipping at your heels. Yeah. So so they thought that the only way to kill a werewolf was to kill it by decapitation or or immolation, so setting it on fire. So these would mm. be the methods of execution used on those who were accused. Of course, it M- is most of the time. Yep. Of course, it is. So here's that example that I was talking about earlier, Peter Stube. Let me guess, he's a poor Stube. Uh, Some bad happens. More like to the, the people who encountered him were poor Stubes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. So clinical lycanthropy is a recognized medical condition in which a person believes himself or herself to be an animal, and indeed there are rare cases where people have claimed to be werewolves. So not just uh, wolves, but any animal. Sure. Is yeah. Lycanthropy? Yeah. It's kind of like changing into any. They just use. I think they just use that as the clinical term. Because okay. like you probably see that more in records because of like the lore around werewolves. Wolves, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, for example, in 1589, a German man named Peter Stube, I don't know if that's how you actually say his last name. Okay. Um, he claimed to be he claimed to own a belt of wolf skin, and this allowed him to change. Okay. So his body would bend into a lupine form and his teeth would multiply in his mouth and he craved human flesh. So Stube claimed to have killed at least a dozen people over 25 years. Women, children, and even cattle were said to have been devoured by him. So Damn, he dude. was sort of like an early serial killer, but, but he then, also thought he was a wolf. But he also thought he was a wolf. So he's like the worst kind of insane serial killer. Wow. Yeah, and there's definitely and there's some like you know in the in old writings they talk about like a lot of times they were sexual killings sometimes mm. you know like and, and then it's hard to know what was really tied to him and what was you know what, did they just want to throw on him you know it's I don't know it's it's the 1500s you're not gonna know exactly what happened yeah i'm not gonna ask you for that case report yeah (laughs) but you know but what we would call a cannibalistic serial killer now an explanation at the time for his actions and his violence was you know by his own admission that he was a werewolf yeah i'm so sure if we had you know modern stuff going on where we really got into werewolves being real we'd have modern serial killers doing the same thing. Sure. Like, it's cultural. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, well, you know, and it should be noted that his confession was made under, let's say, difficult circumstances, you know, Did after... Did he sign it with a little paw print? <laughs> after prolonged torture, including oh. chunks of his flesh being ripped out with heated uh. pinchers, which was actually a, a favorite of the Germans, and his limbs broken on the wheel, um, he was finally decapitated on Halloween 1589, and his headless body burned at the stake. So they did both. We're 
Please tell me they were super sure it was him. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll never. Yeah, know. that's the, well, that's kind of the thing, right? It's like they they start torturing him. He, he confesses. Could have been yeah. some poor stoop. Maybe I don't know. It's it's hard yeah, to know. You never really as know. far as we know, it it. I mean, he was a criminal who killed yeah, women like, and children. Like yeah. uh, Jack the Ripper, you know. There's a lot of theories who it could be. Sure. And one of the ones was like. It's somebody important, so we can't arrest them, and we'll just yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of make it somebody else's problem and then lock that guy up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, but you know, it's a cool story. Um, is, yeah, because because there's really no no other neat. evidence that's presented other than his confession and that in in accusations, and it seems likely that Stoop, you know, was mentally ill and delusional. Um. You know, which but he also which, could have been like so he's either an easy target exactly so so he's either guilty or an easy target. Um, either way, he was executed all the same. Yeah, and I mean, to have the time to devote to pretending to be a werewolf, I feel like you gotta kind of be a rich guy. Hear me out. <laughs> or, it just always seems to be like someone who could go home and no one will ever ask them any questions about why they're bloody or you know holding someone's severed arm <laughs> it's always that guy <laughs> where have you been dear oh oh meetings meetings you know meetings every day meetings all the time <laughs> would, would you be so kind as to hold this <laughs> don't look inside <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll, we'll shift gears a little bit and we'll actually we'll, we'll talk about mental illness and birth defects and how that kind of mm. played in during the middle and middle ages and renaissance yeah, they were dicks. <laughs> so during the Middle Ages and into the Renaissance, medical knowledge and mental health was still basically a mystery. But many, let's say, unfounded medical theories contained connotations or explanations that were rooted in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Got ghosts in your blood. We got to bleed you dry about it. <laughs> so a rare condition called hypertrichosis universalis, or the werewolf syndrome is a genetic mutation where the where cells that normally switch off hair growth in in unusual areas are left switched on. Oh, the so, guy in Ripley's Believer or Exactly, not? yep. So this very rare disease was recorded in the Middle Ages and possibly further back. Um, there are actually Renaissance paintings of a famous prince or princess, I believe, who who had um, hypertrichosis. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can look them up if you look if you look up, uh, you know. Just look up uh, Middle Age or Renaissance hypertrichosis, and you probably will see the pictures. Yeah, that is super interesting. Because it was just a person, just had a lot it's of hair on their face. Person. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a, but it looked like kind of wolf person. And as you might imagine, most of the things that they used to think were supernatural, crazy beings, uh, were just people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just regular sure. people. Yeah, with different human. How would you call it? Like morphologies. Yeah, I mean, well, so there, there's like another thing which that's I... That's not a... That wouldn't be a disability, well, right? Like, you just have more hair? There's, there's another thing that that's kind of weird with the... Have you ever heard of dog-headed men? I've Sinocyphali. heard you talk about the dog-headed men. Yeah, so I hope I said that right. I think it's sinusophilae. I can't remember what it, uh, pronunciation. But anyway, but yeah, so there's like all these writings from different periods in history where where the, the, the writer, usually an explorer or some sort of historian... Um, uh, but they encounter people with dog heads. Um, and I think, you think Marco, that's what they were talking Marco about. Marco Polo might wrote about it. Well, and actually, and there's one that was supposedly became a saint that's somehow tied to Saint Christopher. 
I don't. Okay. I, I need to do a little more research because that could be a, a cool bit. Get back to you on that one, yeah, audience. Yeah, get back to you on that. But um, but if you do look it up, there are connections with the dog-headed men, St. Christopher, and these different like ex- explorative writers. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that so that could possibly be one explanation. I know one writer talked about an island of them, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's hard to believe that uh, such a rare disease could infect a whole population. I don't know. But... Unless it was selected for, but I imagine something like that mm-hmm. might come with a, like a lot of these come with a trade off that makes it really genetic trade off hard on their yeah. on their person circumstances whatever yeah. yeah so yeah so i guess um i mean with, with this condition though like we said you know you're covered in all this hair could be problematic if you're living on an island <laughs> <laughs> but you know this was often seen as divine punishment for the sins of the parents particularly the mother and thus werewolves uh they were werewolves of a she sort she was thinking about sexy werewolves while she was pregnant oh man that actually slut. there's a <laughs> So there are, oh man, I'll have to do this for another episode, but there are like um, really strange things that people used to do in the medieval Renaissance age, maybe even going way farther back, but it was like ways to promote fertility or to have, um, you know, a pregnancy go a certain way. Um, and sometimes if it was thought if you were like not a virtuous woman or, or you know, then that could affect the yeah. pregnancy yeah yep. i'll have to try to remember because there were some really crazy ones like that's very yeah. uncomfortable ones kind of was alluding to yeah yeah <laughs> so when one renaissance explanation for such births is that the mother could influence her child's form if she became too fixated on some object or image during copulation mm-hmm. so one example of this is the hairy virgin who is <laughs> And, and she was said to be born covered in fur because her mother became fixated on an image of St. John dressed in animal skins. <laughs> so she's, you know, she's getting fixating on the image that's got imprinted onto the child. Mm. Mm-hmm. What about what he was thinking about? It's never the man's fault. Never the man's fault. Never the man's My fault. My bad. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, and, but it also think about like some of these things that we, all the things we've been talking about are sometimes like propaganda that the church used to like keep you in line, right? Like, oh, these are the evils of the world. Like, Satan's always out to get you, and you know, and his demons could could change you or get you. Um, so you get like werewolf propaganda hmm. used by the church. <laughs> Um, the distribution of lithographs, illustrations, and engravings depicting these creatures also perpetuated these fears. So you can actually go online and find some of these old, um, you know, works dealing with uh, that they'd send out like newsletters, basically like, "There's a werewolf in your area." <laughs> <laughs> Neighborhood watch newsletter. Which one of you is a werewolf this week? Could be your child, or your child, or your child. Werewolf madness, yeah. Wow. We've all been there. Werewolf madness. Ain't shit changed with the date. But 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 right, like you you have you have the like authority figures putting out these proclamations or, or you know putting out this news, and that just makes it seem more real, you know, like. Oh yeah. yeah. So the Middle Age views on the supernatural and natural world created a sense of panic and fear. We create monsters, much like we create gods, to understand and navigate a world filled with mystery and chaos. We often need to reinforce our perceptions of normality and dispense with things that contradict it. Mm. 
so to reinforce our most firmly held beliefs and our superiority on this earth. But we can always create a monster to fill the gaps in our fears. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is the strange and misunderstood that frightens us. Maybe it's the sometimes deadly aspects of the natural world that we find difficult to control. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is our dual nature that allows fear, superstition, and cruelty to influence our lives and reason. Sometimes the real monsters that stalk our nightmares are ourselves. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> in the twilight zone see this presentation made a lot more sense with the powerpoint powerpoint (laughs) powerpoint because i had cool medieval you know illustrations to to show it was fun (laughs) so yeah that's all i got yeah that was sort of a that is really thrown together yeah just some some random facts well, that was a good one. So, so what class did you present this to? It was a uh, myth, myth and lit. Oh, you did tell me that yeah. myth and lit. Yep. Awesome. And that was your favorite teacher or a different teacher? No, it was a different one, but very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Professor uh, Doctor Weber. Yeah, she was uh-huh. same last name. Yep. <laughs> she was cool though. No relation. Yep. <laughs> no relation. <clears throat> so yeah, you got anything to plug or anything? Um, please tune into our next drop of Sharp Rocks and Dead Things on Under the Pendulum, and then we will give you all the deets for where to go when mm-hmm. that's up and running on its own channels and platforms and ethers and whatnot. Uh, other than that, you can find me at Dog Hair Sweater on Instagram. Um. You can find me at Fuck You, I'm Funny on Twitter, but I don't tweet much. I don't tweet or twit. I don't do much anymore of the social meds. Uh, maybe this summer after I graduate. We'll see. Hmm. Uh, but other than that, um, I wish you well. And may you be under the pendulum. Yeah. Um, you guys know where to find us by now. So I'll just spare you. God, I hope so. They're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you find shows or people doing shows. There you are. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, uh, we'll be back with Heather and Kate mm-hmm. for the next episode. Thank you, Em, for filling in it here. It is always such a pleasure. Talking to me about werewolves. Yeah.